Not just part, but the whole armor. Put on all the armor that God gives you so that you will be able to stand up against the devil's evil tricks. The title comes from uh, my mother in her final hours. And she lay and uh, getting ready to lay aside her earthly tabernacle. And she raised her hands up in the air like this and she said, put on the whole armor, not just part, but all. And then she asked me to read that, that passage at her graveside. And, and so it's been a special text for me ever since. And it's just as though she raised her arms up and said that yesterday, or even this morning, or even now. And As there were some other passages like that. Maybe that needs to be a series of its own. <laughs> My mother's text or something like that. But this was one, a very powerful one for me. And I want to share just a few things with you. I want to talk this morning about um, what we do when we have the whole armor of God on more than the individual pieces. But I would like to have a series on that, so I'm thinking about Lent, you know, having a series on each of the individual pieces of the armor. I'm, I, I have to admit, and um, I couldn't even hardly help, I had to say something even this morning, as Karen and I were coming down <laughs> from up here for a uh, passing of the peace, I had to throw in a little remark of my hesitancy, you know, and conflict that I have about, <clears throat> um, about, um, the militaristic imagery that's associated with uh, the scriptures and with our faith. And uh, because, really simply because of the way that that is often distorted, not by only by Christians, but by people of other faith and their faith books and their sacred writings uh, with, the, with this type of imagery. And they turn it into the exact opposite of what it's all about. Uh, it's not about being at war and and uh, physical warfare with with each other or getting in fights uh, or um, having a, a, a war with other people and being at odds with people. That it's not celebrating that in any way. It's not celebrating uh, any way of are calling, are challenging us to uh, go to war with people that we don't agree with and see who can win that kind of a battle. But, I mean, we all know that that's, we can see that in the news almost every day, stories of people that look at it that way. And I don't want to encourage that in any way. And it, it really bothers me. And it's difficult for me to, uh, to, to, uh, to deal with because I just don't like that. I think it's the exact opposite of what Christ is calling us to and what the imagery is there for. Paul spoke to us about 
when he spoke about <clears throat> the war, he spoke of it as a spiritual warfare that goes on, first of all and foremost, in our own hearts and minds. That where there is, he said, there's a battle going on within me. And the things that I would do, I don't. And the things that I would not do, I do. And I'm sorry, I said, I'm always having to struggle with that. It's like a war going on in my own body, in my own mind, in my own heart. And so he calls us to that, to join in that war where we are not battling against each other, not battling against the, um, the people around us and people who have different ideas than we do or anything like that, not battling against people, not battling against flesh and blood, but as he said in this passage, powers and principalities, wickedness in high places, the ideas and the, the, the ideas like that idea of, of, that people have of, of, uh, of being uh, mean in order to progress their faith or uh, of people um, getting in fights uh, over their religion, you know, and think about how many, how much of our religion is shaped by people that are, <laughs> that don't even go to church, you know, and they go uh, out and get in big fights about their religion and then, and then that gets imposed on us as a society by people that don't even really read the Bible or, or any other sacred materials. They just get their ideas in their heads and they impose them on people. That is not true faith. That is completely antithetical to teachings of Christ and his apostles. And so it's the <clears throat> it's the battle is is for us as individuals and for our, our congregation, for the body of Christ, it's a spiritual, it's a spiritual um, engagement with ideas and feelings and thoughts and then our uh, call is to armor ourselves and to stand firm and to pray and to uh, be able to hold the positions that God gives us to hold without fear and without wavering, without breaking the law of love. We're you, you know, we're standing firm in the love, unconditional, perfect universal love of Jesus. So it's kind of like, <clears throat> I've got my Mr. Haney voice today, I guess, but it's kind of like the, uh, and now some of the other analogies in the Bible, there's the, there's the, the sheep, <clears throat> you know, we're the sheep of, uh, of the Lord. But we're sheep only in certain respects. We're not sheep in every way that a sheep is a sheep. And we are soldiers of the of Christ, but not in every way that a soldier is a soldier. There are certain things that are lifted up that we are trying to um, imitate or to use to help us to clarify uh, what Christ has given us, the opportunities and the invitations that Christ has for us, and how to be strong, <clears throat> how to be strong in love and how to bring people into the kingdom of God through the love of Christ. Um, so 
And we have a lot of songs about that. And, and I love the songs, you know, like the one we just sang, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus, and Onward Christian Soldiers. There's a lot of good songs like that. And I think that it's important, though, that as we, when we use those, that we also clarify that those are abused a lot by Christians in ways that make the Christian faith look the exact opposite of what Christ is actually saying. So we're called to put on this <clears throat> full armor of God. And when we are thus attired, then we are able to stand. <clears throat> and he calls us to stand. And he said, having done all to stand, stand, therefore. And a lot of times it's hard to take a stand. We're afraid to, <clears throat> we might be afraid to take a stand. Because when you take a stand, people say things about it. And uh, even though, like, the stand that we have recently taken, well, not so recently now, it's kind of soaking in. But our stands that we take here as a church have been criticized. But even though that they've been um, uh, supported by so many around us, yet a few that criticize harshly makes you feel bad and, and you wish that they wouldn't do that. And, <clears throat> and it hurts and things like that. But that's why we have the full armor of God. And we don't want to have just part of it, as my mom said, because if you have those, um, if you're missing part of it, then those become weak places that that uh, you can be hurt. But we have the full armor of God, and we stand in that, and we take a stand, and in that, then we find out that it's all right to take a stand, because um, even at the very worst that they can do is. Um, crucify you, and that's bad, but then Christ was crucified and he raised three days later. And so we're invited to stand with Christ, and most of the time that won't happen to us. Uh, and most of the stands that we take, if we're really taking in what Christ brings us to, then, uh, then we will be able to stand fully clothed in the armor of God, and we'll be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked and all those things that he said in here. And so it'll be all right, because we're safe. And when we stand, then um, we, we can take our stand, and God is with us, and we are doing standing right where God wants us to be. And I love to repeat that to everybody in our congregation here, that we are right where God wants us to be. That it's wonderful to know that, and to feel it, and to sense it in every way. And to feel the armor of God uh, around us and uh, protecting us and enabling us and empowering us to be who He wants us to be in this community, in this day and hour, in this time. And to um, and the results of that then that other people are able to also take a stand. And others are able to find a safe place among us because they know that we're taking a stand that that is protective and that is uh, that we're standing up for what we believe in and we're supporting people and they can come and be a part of our congregation if they want to. But even if they don't want to come here on our worship service, uh, they know that we're standing up for them wherever they are. And, and we are. And we're not afraid because we have on the whole armor of God. 
So that's why we're invited to put on the whole armor of God. We wouldn't be able to have that confidence without it. But now that we do have it, we can stand. We can take our stand and not be moved. And not be, uh, you know, not be, not be cowards, but be brave. And we can stand for the goodness and the truth of Christ. We can stand for His love. And, and people can criticize that, but we don't care because here we are. <laughs> you know, we're enveloped in His love. We're clothed in His love. And really, you know, that love, there's a lot of places where the clothing is, is used in the Scriptures to, uh, about our uh, faith. You know, like when Jesus had the parable of the person that came in with the wedding garment, uh, the wrong garments. Everybody was invited, but they were also expected to put on the right outfit for the wedding, and he didn't do that. Well, you know, that's one way of <laughs> looking at our spirituality. We're supposed to, we're all invited, but we aren't supposed to wear, be properly attired for the occasion. Same with the armor of God. Uh, you know, the book of Revelation got a whole lot of those images related to clothing about Jesus and about the good guys and the bad guys and everybody in between. But then uh, it has this one image where uh, John said he saw thousands upon thousands that no man could number. And they were dressed in garments, white as snow, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Uh, and doesn't that have a powerful image for us about being clothed, as the song says, uh, when Christ shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in Him be found, dressed in His righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. So the, uh, we have this imagery throughout the Scripture of clothing ourselves in the love and compassion and righteousness of God. And then when we are, we can stand. We can just take a stand. And when we take a stand on one thing, we can take one on another one too. And we can start. And others are able to stand with us. And others are able to stand you know, in their places too. Uh, you know, people in other churches around are able to take a stand in their church because they know that, you know, if they get kicked out, they could come here anyway, you know. <laughs> uh, people, people are taking stands just because even a few of us are gathered here taking a stand. And the bishop could come and speak to us, which he could do anyway, but now he can speak to us the way he did because of who we are. And, uh, you know, all these uh, different things like that, which really kind of takes us to this other part. But then after we stand, <clears throat> then we're supposed to hold that position. Now that's a little harder. <coughs> We can take the stand, but then we were expected to hold that, hold that, hold our ground, as it says this in the good news. Hold your ground, hold that uh, ground, and that's where you know people are going to try to change and push us off the, push us off the hill, <laughs> might say, or make us uh, give that up, make us do something else. What we have to do then is to actually build the processes and the policies and the structures 
to be able to implement what we're standing for, in the, not only in our lives, but in the life of the community. And so that it's there, and it's not, you know, it's not going anywhere. It, this is how, where we are, and it's, and, and it's actually doing something, and it's reaching out and doing the good that it needs to do. And a really good example to me is, and I'll see if it is to you too, but for me, is like last Sunday night at our charge conference. Because we took there the things that we've been talking about here, and, and we sat down with the district superintendent and the district resource director, and we discussed what our plans are for the coming year. We discussed all the things that we all voted on together here. We talked about it there again. We voted on it again there <laughs> in a little different context. But we, we talked about who are our officers going to be for next year. We'd already laid that out in our budget for the coming year. And our, uh, our, our plans for our mission, our goals, and vision, and ministry. We have talked about you know all of those things. And not only just what we're going to do, but then, um, like the, the district superintendent said, we're here as a district to help you do what you're planning on doing. And the conference is here to help you plan do what you're planning on doing. We're, we're, and then we voted that that's what we're going to do, and it all became official then for next year. It's final little stamp of officialness. You see what we're doing there is that um, we're not just stand, standing up for what we believe in and just making a speech and saying this is what we believe in, but we're actually writing it into our policies, writing it into our procedures and plans. We're, well, <laughs> we're being Methodist about it. That's how we got the name in the first place. That it would, <clears throat> it because they were always, come, you know, back to our forebears in the early days of Methodism, before it was called Methodism, we were always coming up with these little systems and plans and making it to actually make changes in the world with how we did it. We didn't just say we believe this, we put it into action. That's how we do. And so, you know, our facilities are set up now and our uh, groups that meet here and, uh, and uh, the people that come here and, and when we go out, the things that we do when we go out, the way we pay for it, the way we plan for it and the groups that we're already thinking about establishing in our community through our church and all of this, then all that makes it just, we're holding our ground. <laughs> It makes it a part of the way things are in this community. In this part, at least on this little plot here, um, that we have implemented the Word of God and the beliefs that we have into something that is bigger than any of us or even all of us. Something that is enduring. Something that can be passed on from generation to generation. And so that's what it means, hold your ground. It means do something with it then, build it in, make it a part of the structure and infrastructure for your life, your family, your church, your community. Find those ways to make the associations. You know, we're members uh, of, uh, of a whole church and we are uh, we're making uh, friends with people who, who share our values and we are um, uniting with other organizations in the community who uh, share our goals 
And so that's what it is to hold our ground. And then the other thing we're supposed to do, thus clothed in the righteousness, clothed in the in the in not our own righteousness, but God's righteousness, not clothed not in our own strength and power, but in God's power, clothed in the armored in and not our own strength and ability and armor, but in the armor of God, we're supposed to pray. Pray in the Spirit. That's a particular kind of praying, isn't it? When we're praying in the Spirit, it's like getting in, into right down into our soul and praying from our hearts and, and in the recesses of our minds and the invisible part of us and not just saying things, but pouring out our hearts before God. Praying in the Spirit on all occasions and in all kinds of prayers. All kinds of prayers. All kinds of requests. That's what we're supposed to do when we're fully dressed in the armor of God and then we're holding our ground, then we're praying for each other and we're praying for these things that we're holding our ground with, you know, with the, with the things that we're doing. We're praying and we're we're pouring our heart out to the Lord and we're getting God to change our minds where it needs to be changed, change our hearts where it needs to be changed, provide the resources we need, provide the connections with other people that we need, provide everything that we need to do what He has called us to do. Then you can almost visualize us as we look around the room dressed in the armor of the Lord, all uh, safe, all strong, not in our own might, but in His. In His perfect, unconditional, universal love. Well, here are those uh, those items that are listed here. I don't know if you can read it very good off the screen there, but it's uh, the belt is the truth. The breastplate, righteousness. Our shoes, one translation I read one time, and I don't know what one it was, but it said the good news shoes. I like that. Uh, the shoes, the gospel, the preparation of the gospel of peace, the readiness that we have. The shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword, the word of God, the word of God. And so when we're clothed in, in that outfit, you can see then our, our job will be to pray and to work that uh, all of those things become stronger within us and, and among us. And that we bring other people into, we join others in their strength and they join us in ours. So remember how mom said it? Let's do it like mom said. Not just part, but the whole armor of God. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen.